0: Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman alongside my tag team partner, Matt Story, and she's not going to listen. But happy birthday, Grandma. She's 85 today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes. Well, hopefully somebody will pass it along to her. Maybe you.
0: Probably me. Uh, That's probably the best bet. But, yeah. Yeah. but uh, the, the first two rounds of the tournament are in the books, Matt, and um, nothing that I said happened.
1: No, Everything I, mean, I said uh, was
0: wrong. Yeah,
1: your your uh, championship game. Both both teams are out, if I remember correctly.
0: Yeah, Michigan State and, and Arizona. Shame on you.
1: And I've <laughs> lost one. Uh, it took Virginia to get to the title game. All that, all that nice, you know, s- stuff that I said about Virginia. Boy, I hope they get over the hump. And wow, they went the opposite way. Uh, instead of losing in the Elite Eight or Sweet Sixteen, they just decided to get it out of the way in round one, in historic fashion, I guess.
0: Yeah, the uh, UMBC Retrievers with the sixteen over one first time in the men's first tournament time
1: ever. Yeah, I, I think I said it when we talked before the tournament. I said I thought it would happen eventually, but mm-hmm. I didn't think it would happen this year because it it really had been a while since one had threatened. That was beyond threatening. That was uh, you know a complete beating. Um, I mean, they were up double digits for the entire last fifteen minutes of the game. So. Pretty amazing. Uh, did not did not see that coming. I don't think anyone did. Um, and they had a chance to win their second round game, too. They were down a point with you know three minutes to go. They couldn't quite get over the hump there, but yeah, pretty, pretty cool run for them, obviously.
0: Yeah, the way they finished the Virginia game, making their free throws, controlling the ball, they did yeah. something that I had never seen a team do trying to shorten a game before, but maybe I'd just never seen it because I wasn't paying close attention, but the clock is running when a basket is made and you're inbounding, mm-hmm. but the 10-second clock to get across half court doesn't start until you touch right. the inbounds. So yeah, what they were doing yeah. was just rolling the ball in. It's and, smart. I mean it yeah, is. You know, and, and you know, and you also can you can buy yourself up to four seconds before you even inbound
1: the ball if you you know, if you're creative about it. I mean, uh, I, I see that a lot. I saw it in the ASU's tournament game actually at the end of the first half. Uh, Syracuse made a basket with like 34 seconds, and Scheibel inbounds the ball right away. And I'm like, you know, if he had just killed like three seconds, we could have had the last shot of the half. Uh, I mean, you know, little little things to be smart about the clock. College teams don't do it as much as NBA teams do. NBA teams are really good at you know two-for-ones and things like that. College teams seem to let that go and let it slip through the cracks. But, yeah, they did a good job of it.
0: There are teams left, though. Let's talk about um – tomorrow's action first yes tomorrow there is not a team seated better than third michigan
1: and that's michigan who should have lost <laughs> yeah he uh, I mean, was was you know down for the count down two with houston going to the line for two free throws to put the game away and kid misses both and they they get a miracle shot but yeah yeah i mean uh it was a it was a wild day, especially on Sunday, and and a lot of those teams that went down are, are the teams you know that that you know Cincinnati's out, Xavier's out. Those were teams that got beat on Sunday, and yeah, so it leaves on that side of the bracket not a lot of heavyweights.
0: Let's talk about the West first. You've got Michigan, Texas A and M in the early game, and then Florida State, Gonzaga later on. Um, Texas A and M is. You know the underdog by two and a half, but that's the role they've been in much of yeah, the tournament. I'm not sure they should be.
1: I mean, they—they they, this was a team, you know, and, and maybe I'm overreacting, but this was a team that was in the top five in the country in December, and then they faded a lot. You know, at one point in February, they were they were projected to be out of the tournament. They ended up, you know, turning it around a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, boy, they sure look good against North Carolina now. North Carolina might have been a bit overrated. I kind of thought they were. Um, uh, you know, I didn't see them as a two seed all year. Like they, they, lost a fair amount of games, and I thought, are we rating them because they're North Carolina rather than really being as good as as a two seed? Um, but they were impressive, and and you know, I almost I would lean Texas A and M. And what I've seen in the tournament so far, Texas A and M has been the better
0: team than Michigan's. I agree. It's been impressive. You know, you'll be able to hear. I think the argument for a while, was the Big Ten hurt by having the uh, week early tournament? Possible, possible. Yeah, Yeah, were they rusty? Don't tell that to Penn State and the NIT.
1: Well, true, true. I mean, how close it was to the Big Ten having all four teams get beat before this, you know, the Sweet Six team in Michigan we talked about, Purdue was, was, you know, in a, Real tight battle with Butler. Now, obviously, Purdue lost, you know, probably its best player prior to that game, too. So that makes a difference. But, you know, Michigan State and Ohio State both lost. The two teams that did win, you know, had to survive, um, you know, real tough scares from teams that were seeded lower than them.
0: Yeah, what an embarrassment, right, to have all of your top teams eliminated before the end of the first weekend? What kind, know, of, a, what kind of a legitimate yeah, conference? Terrible. Yeah, I know. Yeah,
1: yeah. They should be ashamed of themselves only having two teams in the Sweet 16.
0: Yeah, I mean, no self-respecting major power <laughs> could, could accept no, that fate.
1: We, we went down that road last time, and I'll, I'll stand by everything I said then about, about the Pac-12 and... and uh, where it's headed. Um, but yeah, I mean, for the Big Ten, not disasters like it could have been, but certainly uh, Michigan State was a huge surprise to me and I know it was to you too. We, we both had them in the Final Four. You had them winning the title. And, um, I'm really surprised by them losing. And that's three years in a row they've lost in the first weekend of the tournament for a, you know, for a program. You and I talked like, boy, they're one of the safer bets around to keep on advancing.
0: That hasn't been the case the last three years. Yeah. Let's talk about the other game in the West, though, at Staples Center. The late game, the Zags against Florida State. Is, is Gonzaga destined for back-to-back trips to the Maybe. Final Four? I mean,
1: I was impressed by, I watched a lot of their second half against Ohio State, and you know they got out to a great start in that game, and then Ohio State came all the way back, took, I think, a four- or five-point lead. And I thought, you know, man, here we go, you know, Gonzaga folding, and and they answered, man, I mean, they they, uh, they got a lot of guys who can score, a lot of guys who can handle the ball. This freshman kid, Norvell, is a revelation. I mean, I, I admit I didn't watch a, a lot of them over the course of the season. and He's been really good at both tournament games. Um, you know, this, this uh, kid, Hachimura, I believe, he was on the team last year but barely played. Really good player. Um, I mean, they, they're solid. They don't have a lot. If you watched him last year and you're turning it on for the first time, you're not going to see a lot of familiar faces, but they're still really good. And, and I, yeah, I mean, I picked him to go to the Final Four, and I haven't seen anything to, to take me off of that.
0: I really want to hear Bill Raftery say Hachimura. But that's just, that's <laughs> well, neither I, here I don't nor there. not if
1: he's, uh, are they, they're probably not in this region, I would
0: assume. No, I don't, I don't, don't think they, they are. But, but I just. They
1: probably did not get sent there. But, yeah, two more wins, and he will. So, um, it, yeah, I, I mean, Florida State played really well against Xavier and You know, they they are a solid team with a lot of good athletes, but I would pick Gonzaga in that game.
0: Yeah, me too. I'm going to take Michigan uncomfortably and Gonzaga with Gonzaga going back to the Final Four.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm sticking with Gonzaga. I mean, they're they're one of the two that I still have left from my original Final Four, so I'm not going to come off of that yet. Um, And I'm going to go A&M, but I'll go Gonzaga to to beat them.
0: Let's flip over to the other matchups for Thursday you've got uh, the matchup I think everyone was expecting the Loyola Chicago Ramblers against the Nevada Wolfpack I know crazy <laughs> right yeah
1: yeah I mean not what you would have guessed uh, either one um, you know and hey, cra- crazy how they both got here Loyola Chicago winning two games with you know shots made inside the last what five seconds in each game and Nevada down double digits in the second half of both games and coming back to win so unlikely both that
0: they're here coach Musselman, man that yeah that guy he's a winner yeah
1: yeah I, well
0: <laughs> i guess uh, i mean he hasn't been
1: but you know hey, he's done a good job there gotta give him credit
0: he was the guy on herb staff where everyone said look he's he's a, the real deal he's a he's big time that's right that's right and, you I know remember. when they brought yeah. him in everyone that was the guy who everyone was in love with
1: he was he was herb's kind of last <laughs> ditch uh you know, bring in an established assistant to change things, and it, it worked to an extent. I mean, things did get better at the end of Herb's time here, but not good enough. Yeah. Um, and, you know, but, yeah, good good for him. Um, you know, the Loyola-Chicago story has been fun to, to, you know, see that team kind of come from nowhere. Um, you know, they've got all the hallmarks of, of, you know, the little engine that could, but, uh, yeah, I, I you know, I picked Loyola to win one game, had Nevada losing to Texas, so... You know, Certainly didn't have either one of them here. Um, uh, I'm leaning Loyola on that game because really coming down to the fact that they have played two really close games against pretty good teams and Nevada was outplayed for much of their two games and found a way to come back and win. I wonder how long you can continue to pull that off, but it's a toss-up game, I would presume.
0: This is one of those games where for either team, if they weren't playing each other, I would say – Well, the Magic's got to run out, right? Agreed. But someone's going to the Elite Eight. I'm going to take Loyola because that's what I'm rooting for. Me Um, too. Me too. Yeah. I mean, you know, but yeah, you're right. I mean, if if Loyola was playing
1: Cincinnati, as it looked like they were going to be, you know, for most of that game, you would say, well, you know, I'm sure that's, that's probably the end for them. They've had a few days to bask in their own fame and, you know, usually... You're exactly right. The magic runs out, but you know, for one of them, they're going to be a win away from the final four. And it was a similar scenario. I can't remember who they played, but I think um, the year George Mason went to the final four, they played a team in the in the Sweet Sixteen that was kind of similar. I don't know. I can't. I can't remember who it was, but you know, and it was one of those where you thought, well, one of them was going to get to the Elite Eight, <laughs> and then they're going to be a win away. And sure enough, they they got there. They got that win, and, and you know, did what
0: no one thought they could do. Then the late game in the South, you've got, finally, one round later than everyone expected, the Wildcats matching up. But it's Kentucky-Kansas State.
1: That's Mm -hmm. right, yes, yes. And, you know, certainly for, I mean, everything's breaking right for Kentucky. Um, You know, they've, they've hit their stride as a team at the right time. And, you know, from the team that fell out of the top 25 and had, you know, people comparing them to the NIT team in 2013, you know, now they're starting to resemble the 2014 team, which was a team that kind of sputtered for most of the year. Got an eight seed, got all the way to the championship game, and you know, you you can see that this team is coming coming into its own at the right time.
0: Absolutely, I, I'm taking Kentucky, and I think Kentucky I beats whoever comes out of that Ramblers game.
1: Uh, yeah, me too. I mean, they're the most talented team by far. You know, the thing, and I know Calipari was, was preaching this today, and he's right, the thing they have to guard against is sort of walking in there thinking we're big, bad Kentucky and we're just going to stroll to the Final Four. I mean, these seeds are good. They've gotten there for a reason. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if they play well, as they've played for the last, you know, three or four weeks, certainly SEC tournament and what they did last weekend, they should win this region. And, you know, it would be quite a, quite a feat for a team that, you know, people were giving up on early February if they could get to the Final Four and, you know, have a chance. I mean, they're they're talented, and their talent is almost starting to mesh around each other so that, you know, they could win the title. It'd be kind of a unexpected given the talented teams that they've had who didn't win the title. You know, 2010 and 2015 come to mind. Such good teams that, you know, ran into a bad matchup. Maybe this year's team is the opposite of that.
0: Yeah, it would be... If it if they were a long suffering program, it would be the sort of thing that you're like, well, finally they got one. But exactly, it's Kentucky. Exactly. <laughs> Not
1: really. I mean, it kind of reminds me a bit. It's cross sports, obviously, but a bit. And they haven't won it yet. But it, you know, a bit of the 2006 Colts. They had better teams in 2003 and four and five, and they didn't win. And then the team that won, you know, they won the Super Bowl. They weren't the best team of that era, but you know, things broke right for them, and. and you know, if this Kentucky team wins, they're not better than the 2015 team that went, you know, 38-0 or whatever it was until they lost. They're not better than the 2010 team with John Wall and Boogie Cousins, but they could still win the title. You know, I mean, it, it wouldn't be surprising based
0: on what we've seen. Oh, absolutely not. Um, the Friday games, we finally find our low seeds. We've got... Yeah. Other than Syracuse, the highest seeded teams are fives. But uh, let's start with the Midwest region. You've got Kansas Clemson in the early game and Syracuse Duke in the late game. That's three traditional powers. Um, and, it's and it's exciting. Boy,
1: a Clemson team that is playing really well. I mean, I, I picked him to get beat in the first round by New Mexico State because, you know, I thought New Mexico State was a good, good team out of the whack. And, They played well, and boy, they just bludgeoned Auburn. Now Auburn, you know, as we talked about last week, Auburn faded at the end of the year. But to be up 40 points on anybody in the second round of a tournament game is pretty amazing. And and at one point I turned that game on, it was 69-29. So they are certainly playing well at the right time.
0: Yeah. Meanwhile, Kansas is finding a groove as well, you know. And for me, the more interesting game... Is Syracuse Duke not because I, I think ultimately Kansas's talent's gonna win out, so I'm gonna take Kansas. I, I believe yeah. they're playing in Omaha, which is you know not not a they home are. game but not far to travel it's from Lawrence, and yeah, you know, they're hitting their stride. Um, so I'm gonna take them. Duke is the biggest favorite of yeah. the Sweet 16, they are an 11 point favorite over Cuse. Am I crazy that I like how the Orange are playing and that I think that this role could continue? It could.
1: It could. I mean, the the factors I think that work against that are Duke's played them already this year, so seeing that zone is not unfamiliar. And not only that, Duke's playing that same zone now. I mean, they've put that in this year, they've kind of borrowed that from them. I mean, Trzeszewski and Bayheim, you know, coached together for the U.S. team, you know, for a bunch of times now. I think he's borrowed some from him, so they've they've seen it. They've been there. Plus, you get you know five days to prepare, unlike what Michigan State got, TCU got, where you're, you know, especially Michigan State, short turnaround. You know, they probably you know when the when the bracket is announced, they had a one in three chance of playing Syracuse. They could have been playing TCU. They could have been playing Arizona State. Um, so that's a that's a difficult thing to get ready for in a short amount of time. Duke doesn't have that. And Duke is, boy, Duke played well last weekend. I mean, if you wanted to just look at that one particular weekend and say which team looked the best, you could certainly argue it was Duke. Um, I'm going Duke on that game. I mean, I had him losing to Michigan State, but I think all those things give me, you know, the reason to think they'll win that game.
0: I mean, I think they'll win too. It's interesting because the two teams that you probably would say were playing the best basketball were Clemson and Duke. And. Yeah. If that yeah. trend continues, they will meet for a spot in the final yeah, four. Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm I'm learning toward picking Clemson, and maybe I'm underselling Kansas. But you know, they had a bit of a tough time against Seton Hall. Seton Hall's a solid team, um, but Boy Clemson played well, and, and you know, like I said, I, I'm swayed by the fact that they just bludgeoned Auburn the way they did. Uh, you know, they're obviously playing well and could be in on, you know, obviously three of the four teams in that conference in the ACC. So. Or in that region, I should say, from the ACC, so a good, good ACC representation. Four teams in the Sweet 16. I think that them in the Big 12 had the most.
0: Yeah, who do you who are you saying final four out of the Midwest? I think I'm going to take Duke. I mean, I was a little
1: hesitant on them prior to the tournament because they've been so up and down, and they still have been. I mean, you know, they played great for a weekend, but that doesn't mean they're going to play great this weekend too. But um, you know, Kansas, I mean, Kansas is a good team, but it's not a, we saw Kansas, you know, and, and they've, they've won a lot of games and they've got good veterans, but they're not a loaded team. This is not a vintage Kansas team that's got, you know, a bunch of talent. They've got a, you know, really good guard in Devontae Graham. Malik is a pretty darn good ball player. Beyond that, there's not a lot special about this team. They're, they're good. Um, so I'm going to go Duke because I, you know, I just I think you know Bagley is really really good. Grayson Allen's played well all year. Um, and Wendell Carter's really good. You know, people don't pay attention to how good that kid is. Gary Trent, good shooter. I mean, they're not that deep. But they're starting five, and you know, one or two guys off the bench are sure as good as anybody.
0: I am going to take Kansas over Duke. Um, I I think that the winner of Kansas-Clemson makes it, and I think Kansas yeah. beats Clemson. So, Okay.
1: I'm going to go Duke over Clemson.
0: Well, I agree to disagree. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, that's okay. That's the, that's the first one that we've picked different so far, because we both had Kentucky and
0: Gonzaga. So, um, And then the last one, you've got Villanova-West Virginia with Huggy Bear in the early game in the East Regional, and then Texas Tech and – Purdue yeah. without Haas, unless they can invent yeah. some sort of brace thing. Yeah, I mean, which yeah, he tried to tried to play in that second round game. I don't know if that means he's any
1: closer to playing in this game, but um, yeah, that, that'll be interesting. Uh, you know, they're going to keep that subplot alive, I'm sure, as long as they can.
0: This to me feels a lot like when a, there's a quarterback, you know, battle, and you don't yes. know. I don't think there's any chance this kid can play. He can't lift so his arm and shoot. Yeah. Yeah. Know? I don't think so either. I,
1: I think they're doing what they can to keep the illusion out there. Um, but yeah, I don't think so either. And I think it, I think it ends up spelling their demise in this game. Texas is a pretty good team. I was, I was in, I watched them play Florida. Um, they, they look good. And I, I'm picking them to win that game. And I'm, I'm sticking with Villanova. The West Virginians looked really good, no, no doubt, in the first two games. But you know, there's a big, big step up from playing uh, who was it, Murray State and Marshall to playing Villanova. Um, so I'm, I'm not swaying off it's, as good as Duke looked. Villanova looked just as good. I mean, they handled their business easily in both games this weekend.
0: Yeah, look, Villanova has looked the part. Unlike Virginia, of a yes. team that's been at the top of the rankings all year. That they has yes. been the same cool, unflustered you know you' you were right it was it's a it was a workman like weekend for them yes. last weekend yes. and and such good guard play and veteran guard play
1: and against West Virginia with the way they play defense, I think that's a huge thing to have on your side. I mean West Virginia thrives on that you know full court press. You know, cause you to make mistakes, um, and I don't think Villanova. You know, you wouldn't expect them to do that because they have guys who've been there and done that. They can handle the ball, they can shoot. You know, you think that if any team is built to handle a defense like West Virginia's, it's Villanova.
0: Yeah, and, and they've got a you know not not that Huggins hasn't been there or that Huggins isn't the right guy, but you know, Villanova's got a coach who's been there, done exactly. that, knows what it yeah. takes.
1: Two years ago, won the national title. And, and, you know, a handful of years ago went to the final four with uh, that team that had Scotty Reynolds and you know, I mean they've they've had uh they've had good teams and, you know, they broke through. They they were the team that up until two years ago was like kinda like Gonzaga last year, what I thought Virginia was gonna be this year, which was, you know, prove you can do it. Well now they've earned that benefit of the doubt because they did prove they can do it. And and you know, Jalen Brunson is maybe the player of the year. Um you know, and, and was a big part of that team that won two years ago. And now he's kind of ascended to the leadership position. Um, just a good team. and I, Yeah, I'm sticking with them. I mean, I had him in the Final Four. Not going off of that, I'm going, I'm going to go Nova
0: over Texas Tech. I, I'm going to agree with you. Somehow, Purdue is favored by one and a half over Texas Tech, so if you are in Vegas, you should absolutely <laughs> bet on Purdue because Matt and I both pick Texas Tech. <laughs>
1: Yeah, maybe they know something we don't. I mean, but, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, again, I don't, I don't want to say I know a lot about Texas Tech, but I was impressed by them down the stretch against Florida because Florida pushed them. That was a tough game, but they, they answered every, every, you know, close call there. Um, and I just you know, it'd be different if Haas was playing, but tough to replace a guy who's such a big part of what you do in the middle of the NCAA tournament. That's just really hard. So I, I, think that's the reason I go Texas Tech in that game.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, I, you know, but what do I know? I, I, my whole bracket screwed up. So well, yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, you know, there's not not a lot of people who have their
1: final four still available. I have two of the four, um, so I'm sticking with those two, and I'm I'm going to stick with Villanova until proven otherwise. I mean, they were my pick before the tournament. Certainly they haven't done anything in the in the first two games to make me change my mind you know or, or think anything against them. So even though Duke's played well, Kentucky's played well. I'm, I'm sticking with that pick for now.
0: Yeah, I mean I've got Gonzaga, Kentucky, Villanova, or I mean, yeah Villanova, Kansas. yeah and uh, I think that's an exciting historical power type final four yeah. That I as a fan can get on board with.
1: Sure, sure. I mean, no one, no one would complain about those matchups, and the only difference I had is Villanova Duke. So, you know, those would those would be interesting. I mean, as we've discussed many times, you know, it's fun with the Loyola Lola, Chicago's of the world until about right now, and and that's when you you know you kind of want the heavyweights to emerge and put set up the final four with some big time games, and those those would both be that.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of big time, it's the new leadership model. And yeah. there's nothing more big time than Herm Edwards and the new leadership model. Matt, you had a chance to go. You saw practice. You got to experience the new leadership model in a person. Bit. A bit. Do you have any strong feelings or strong takeaways from your first go-round? Well, I mean, tough to say. You know, I, again, I,
1: it's practice, first of all, and, and I remember this from my days, you know, working for the Cardinals and being in training camp people would say, you know, how's the team look I'm like, well, I, I don't know. They're not, they're not going up against anyone. I don't know how good they look. I mean, you know, that's what looks good. Maybe the other side of the ball, not looking good. So it's hard to say. Um, what I was impressed with was one, the fan turnout, um, you know, it's a Friday night and you know, from living here, Friday nights in, in Phoenix, there's a lot to do. There's a lot of options. Um, I'm not big into the nightlife, but lots of people are. And it was a good turnout uh, of, of fans that showed up. I was impressed by that. Um, and, and the other thing, just the pace of practice. I really noticed that now I never saw a top grand practice. The last practices I saw were when Dennis Erickson was there and I worked there, but, um, it reminded me of watching an NFL practice. Things moved quickly. One thing to the next. Um, you know, there was no slowdown. There was, it was, you know, hey, boom, 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 guys moving around, and I, I was impressed by the organization, and, and maybe simply because you know this move has been panned so much that you almost show up there and think you're going to see, you know, the Three Stooges running practice. It was very organized, and and it, and it just it gave a gave me a feel of confidence
0: in just seeing how things ran, seemingly pretty efficiently. For me, I'm obviously just on the far outside looking in and trying to glean what I can from media reports. I'm a little confused by some of the defensive alignment. I mean, offensively, I think they're doing what everyone thought. It's going to be Humphrey, Harry, Mm -hmm. and now with no Harvey, it's going to be Darby or
1: Newsom or
0: or Kyle Williams.
1: Kyle Williams, Hodges. Um, I mean, it, it's a deep group at receiver. I mean, we yeah. we got, you know, six guys, even without Harvey, who, who played some last year and at different times were starters last year. So, you know, there's there's
0: definitely plenty of depth at that spot. And Eno Benjamin will be at running back. Um, apparently Zach Robertson's in the doghouse, which is standard yeah. operating procedure for him in spring ball, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but on the defensive side, Jalen Bates has been lining up with the first team on the line um, yeah, yeah and I mean, you know it's yeah. also our annual Doug Suttle you know discussion right,
1: right yeah yeah I mean it's uh, there's a lot of uncertainty about the defense because you know as we discussed at the end of the year we you know we had a pretty we had an okay front seven I don't want to say good but decent and you know five of those seven starters are gone. I mean, Smallwood, Wicker on the D-line, and then Rhodes, Calhoun, and Sam from the linebacker group. So, you, you know, you've got Karan Crump slash J.J. Wilson at that rush linebacker spot. And that's that's about it when it comes to experience. I mean, because the other defensive line starter, I'm blanking on who it even was. Who was the other defensive line
0: starter? Was it uh, a senior?
1: Latu? Yeah, well, Latu started. So, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. We You know, it's kind of such a blur of, you know, who was where, it's so a lot, I mean, who has gone too, so, yeah, that, yeah. I mean, in, in certain situations, that's six of your seven top guys, and, and you know, Karan Crump, most of last year, got injured in, what, game three, mm-hmm. so, I mean, there's a lot of open spots in that front seven, and that's why, you know, you're seeing Nick Ralston, and Jalen Bates, and guys who, you know, we, we haven't heard a lot about, because it's, it's there, you know, it's there for anybody to come take, and not only that, but a new coach. So there's no there's no pecking order. You know, there's no, I mean, Rob Likens is a new offensive coordinator, but he was here last year, so he probably had, you know, contributions to who started, who played, and, you know, so it's not a totally new approach. This is. I mean, so this is this is almost like, you know, as, as much as you can get, uh, just a blank slate. New coach, almost, you know, an entirely new group of starters, and that's okay. I mean, even though the defense played – better last year they still weren't good they were better compared to the horrific 2016 season but it still wasn't a good defense so you know I'm, I'm okay with turning the page and you know having a completely new approach
0: yeah well and you've got also guys coming in uh merlin robertson and uh ashari crosswell right. and, and both of them could play Sure. I mean, that, I, you know, I know
1: one of would sound bites there after the first practice was, you know, well, there's 20, 21 more guys coming in here in, in the summer and the fall that will, you know, want to be taking your jobs. And yeah. I mean, I expect some of them will, uh, you know, especially on defense, because there is opportunity there. Um, I'd be surprised if there isn't one or two true freshmen or junior college transfers that, you know, if not starters, are, you know, big-time contributors playing a lot of snaps um, because, I mean, if there isn't, I'll be almost almost alarmed because, you know, we don't have a lot of returning talent and depth, so we need those new guys to come in and contribute right
0: away. Yeah, I mean, I, I the two guys I mentioned were freshmen, but there are two JUCO guys in the secondary who they're probably right. expecting to join Evan Fields and... Chase know. Lucas, and yeah, I mean, you know... I,
1: there's there's a few pieces back in that secondary, you know. Tadalatossi's back. Um, Demonte King, I think, is still there. You know. So there's there's a little bit more returning depth there because we were so brand new there last year. And last year that was the theme of that group was everybody was brand new. Nobody had really played any meaningful time. Um, now we've got more depth there, but it's the front seven that's you know almost an entire start over.
0: It will be interesting, I think, to see. Um, how long or if ever it stops the, you know, NFL references go from Herm. There was the whole yeah. story that Haller did about, well, I've got my Vinny Testaverdi, I'm looking for my <laughs> Chad Pennington. Right, right. Know, yeah, and
1: I, I don't know that it's ever going to because part of, you know, part of this whole thing has been we want to be, a you know, Prepare guys for the NFL. We want more guys drafted. I mean, that's that's been a consistent theme of this coaching change. You know, this new leadership model has been. You know, it's not it's not okay that we only had a kicker and a punter invited to the combine. Uh, You know, we want more guys that are NFL prospects that can be drafted. That you know, so that's a big focus of this, and that's obviously Herms' entire background. The the last you know thirty years is coaching as an assistant and then a head coach, and then. Working in the media for the NFL, Um, so I think that's going to be a consistent theme of his time here. I don't, I don't see that changing.
0: On the flip side, I, I, I've thought about this a lot. With the we've only we only had a kicker and punter invited. Well, this year we had skill position guys, and this coming year we will have more skill position guys who were brought in. I mean, unless Harry's not going pro, I assume he'll be invited to the combine. Sure. And, and I think you know
1: if his season goes the way we hope. I mean, he's a guy who could be a first-round pick, but and and we haven't had very many. I mean, no, gosh, we had Demarius Randall go first round a few years back, and before that was it Terrell Suggs. I, I mean, I'm struggling to remember a first yes. rounder between Suggs and him. So we haven't had a lot. Now you know it's a long ways from the 2019 draft. You know, we don't even know who's going first round of the 2018 draft yet, except for, you know, a handful of names. But uh, he's got that ability, I think, to be that kind of prospect. Um, so, yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, in some ways, uh, maybe that's a bit of an unfair knock on Graham because, uh, you know, there are some guys he recruited and coached that will be drafted this year and probably next year. And you know how it is. If that happens, it's going to be, you know, especially guys from here on, It'll be, you know, well, look at what they've done. You know, if we start having more picks, it's going to be, well, boy, Herm Edwards has done what he was supposed to do.
0: Yeah. It's when a in reality, con- It's a convenient won't know that narrative. A It's a very convenient it is. narrative because it is. when you're trying to bring back all of the same assistant coaches and you're trying sure. to leave everything in place, you need a reason why you're getting rid of the top guy. Right. You know, ultimately, right. I, you know, it's a well-tread story about what happened sure. with our coaching ranks, which added Kevin Mawai. I saw. Yes,
1: yes, yes, yeah, yes uh, a, and, and you know that's a that's a cool thing. I mean, I think he's uh, you know g- going to try to get into the coaching ranks, and maybe he's a guy who ends up being a, a full time coach for us in a year or two. Um, you know, Dave Christensen is the offensive line coach. He's an older coach that you know may not want to do this for much longer. So maybe that's some continuity there that he can be the you know the heir apparent. Um, you know, I mean, I, I am, uh, as I said to you last time we talked or whenever it was we last talked football, I want to give this a chance. I want to be fair to it. Um, I know people are waiting for it to fail and and we will take any sign that it is a failure and say, I told you so. Um, but we'll see how it goes. You know, I mean, it's I, I'm not going to judge it just on one year either. Um, you know, this year I hope it's good, but, you know, if, if it's – If it is or isn't, that doesn't mean it's a success or failure. This is a, it's a pro, you know. It's, I don't want to say it's a long term project, but that's how you should judge this. It's not based on just one year, Um, and and so you know I'm going to give it a shot. and, And you know when when three four years have passed, that then we'll be able to say whether this was the huge embarrassing failure that everyone said it was going to be, or maybe not.
0: Yeah, you know, we, you're right to say we're too early in the process to make the conclusion that everyone everyone will be looking for, though. Everyone's sure, going to sure. want to and, be and confirmation bias.
1: I yeah. mean, and that's, look, that's how it is. And, and week two, we're going to play probably a preseason top ten team who's probably going to come in here and beat us if they are really that good. And and then we go to San Diego State, good team. Then we go to Washington, who's also probably a preseason top 10 team, top 15 maybe. Um, So it could be a rough start to the year. And if it is, there's going to be a lot of people waiting to say, I told you so. Um, uh, You know, I don't know. I have to wait and see how. I mean, look, if the team looks totally lost and completely clueless, then that's a different story. But if we get beat by a couple of really good teams, I'm not going to hit panic yet. You know, let's let's let it see. Let's see how it goes. Now, again, I've said this before. I don't have the stomach to wait years and years for this to be successful, nor should anyone. Uh, But I'm also not going to say if this year is, you know, seven and five that, well, it's a failure. Get rid of him. You can't do that. You have to give this time to be successful, no matter who the hire was. This one was unconventional, but you still got to give it time.
0: Yeah. Look, Herm should be the coach for four years. Yes. Because that's yes. how it works. Uh um, I mean, something just Well yeah. I mean really look bad. if there's a big scandal or scandal, if we go Owen if we go Oh, totally, twelve Yeah. You know?
1: you know, I mean totally clueless a la, you know, Colorado and John Embry. They fired him after two years. And maybe that was too soon. But nonetheless they were at they were going nowhere. Like that was a disastrous hire that clearly was disastrous and Sometimes you have to cut your losses, but in, in, for the most part, 99% of the time when you hire a coach in college, you got to give that guy some time and, and, you know, let him go three to four years before you even start assessing whether he's been a success. Um, so that's what it's going to be. But again, if this year is, you know, and I, and I, look, I haven't looked at the game by game yet. We got a long ways before we have to do that. But you know, if this year's a bad year, four and eight, something along those lines, I don't want to hear Ray Anderson or Herm Edwards say, well, we knew this was going to be a rebuild. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You said this was not a rebuild. You said the pieces were there and you were going to push forward and you wanted better than seven wins on a consistent basis. So you don't have to deliver it in one year, but you can't change your tune You know, six months later and say, well, we knew this was going to take some time. Uh-uh. I'm not buying that.
0: Yeah. Look, if they lose every game they play against a top 10 ranked team okay i'll I'll sign on for that next i'll
1: accept that yeah because you're probably going eight and four at worst in that scenario probably better than that uh you know so and who knows i mean you you know like i said that's why i say you know if michigan state's as good as they're supposed to be if washington is we don't know every year you know, you look back at the preseason top 10, and there's usually two or three that you say, ugh, boy, boy they were way overrated. So maybe We've those teams are that. We've been that team. <laughs> we have been that team. Yes, we have, you know. So, yeah, people think highly of those teams right now, and I think probably for good reason, given what they have coming back, given their coaches. But who knows? You know, I mean, Michigan State two years ago was, you know, a ranked team in the preseason and went three and nine that was an outlier year for them. They're usually really good. They got back to being really good last year, but nonetheless, you don't really know until, you know, you start playing and who knows. But uh, again, I mean, I haven't, I haven't gone through and said, here's what I think the record's going to be. You know, it's just too early for that. There's too much unknown at this point. Um, I think, you know, to expect this team to win 10 plus games is probably foolhardy. Uh, You know, I don't think this team's that good, but, you know, I, I do want to see continued progress. I don't really want to, I don't have the stomach for three and nine or four and eight. If, uh, you know, if, and then to be told, well, this is going to be a rebuilding project, a la what they've done with baseball. That's what Ray Anderson's done with baseball here. He brought in a coach to push us to the next level. Instead, we've dropped down a couple levels and we've heard, well, we knew it was going to be a rebuild. No, we didn't. And it's turned into that, but it wasn't supposed to be that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that would be unacceptable.
1: Yeah, yeah. So there's a whole lot of scenarios that could still play out. Um, And, you know, we don't know yet. We won't know for quite a while. But, you know, yeah, from watching a little bit of practice, and that's all I watched, I was just impressed that, uh, you know, it seemed like there was no wasted movement. Um, You know, when, when the team went into special teams, the quarterbacks went and did stuff on their own. You know, things like that made an impression on me that there was no, there was no like, oh, let's all stand around and watch special teams. No, it was let, let you know, this tight ends went and did stuff on their own. There was work being done by everybody at all times, which I liked seeing.
0: Yeah, that squeak, by the way, was the tennis ball. I don't know if it made it through <laughs> onto, the, it. onto the recording, but I knew you heard it because it, uh, it made it through. Yes, there was a there was a squeaky tennis ball. The squeaky tennis ball situation <laughs> has been addressed. Um but that might be the indication that we should stop recording. So probably probably. Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.